Well, welcome back, everyone, to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. And once again, we are here with Dave Hayward talking all things marketing automation. And uh, from last time, we covered a a number of topics, but uh, this time we pick up uh, with understanding, uh, applying realistic customer journeys to automation, taking time to measure success and how to optimise our automation processes. Uh, What sort of timescales and and limits of your ambition should you actually have in place uh, once you've actually installed your marketing automation? Um, You know, should you see results immediately? Uh, What are you actually um, looking to achieve with your objectives from marketing automation? And should you be disappointed if if nothing miraculous happens within the first six months? Um, Dave will be addressing that and have some very frank point of views, which I think you'll appreciate. So uh, I will be quiet now and uh, let the conversation continue. Hope you enjoy it. Bye for now. It strikes me one of the one of the biggest things I think. It, it, I think it was actually when uh, in this organisation I worked for when we, we we put automation in place. I'd I'd seen it in other other organisations before that, but then actually because um, because one of the things I think people think okay, well that's something new. So we get the automation and that comes in, and it does all this stuff for us. It's almost as this idea of it does all this stuff for us, and perhaps the whole thing of oh, it'll make your life so much better and you'll make lots more money and it'll be wonderful. As you say, it's the cold shower, the cold bath first to say, okay, but what, what are we actually getting it for? How's it going to work for us? Because then there's one of the dawning realizations. I remember when I sat down and looked at this, uh, I think someone had come up with like a, a flow model of like, well, this is how we can work now. This is what we can do. We do this. We've got an email here, we've got a social interaction here. We get the person into the CRM. Then we can retarget them with this, this, and this. And then we hit them again there and there. And then if they don't do this, they do this. If they do that, they do that. And you think, well, great. This is fantastic. It's really good thinking to understand. You've really thought hard about the customer journey and, you know, all that sort of business. And then it suddenly dawns on you, oh, shit, we're going to have to build all this content. Because where's that going to come from? Because there's all these great interactions and all these great touch points and things. But we actually, or somebody needs to actually do the stuff. Someone needs to write the copy. Someone needs to do this. So you start to realize the more personas, the more different journeys you differentiate, great. But it's a hell of a lot of work, not only the technical. I mean, the technical setup, as you say, should be if you've got good, a good consultancy or good IT, good, uh, you know, marketers who are technically competent, you should hopefully be able to get that in place. Far more complex is actually then applying a good customer journey to the automation. And then, as you say, it, it's like we were saying earlier on, it, you have to feed it. It's a hungry beast, isn't it? The more you go on, the, the suddenly you could end up having 10 times more work than you did originally when you had just one customer journey, you've suddenly got 15, which would be crazy. Uh, but unless you're like some massive uh, organization, it create it can create more work if you're not doing it properly. And you, I don't know, sometimes I think people get down the road to a certain degree of marketing automation and they suddenly think, oh yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that. I, I actually, this means we need to do this, 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 this. I mean, yeah. I know there's, there's again, technology that can help you create multiple versions and, you know, multivariate, testing and changing and dynamic content and all this sort of business but but you do need to you need to you need to realize how much work you have to take on aren't you with the, with the setup and then the optimization of, of everything you're doing i suppose i've also seen like yeah god i've seen more of more examples of some of you know, those flow diagrams you mentioned where i've had hot dinners and it's yeah what always strikes me with those is so uh, you know it it can appear at first glance all very well thought out. And yeah, if only customers would do as they're told and follow that. <laughs> they don't. They're awkward human beings like all of us who you know, will go from step A to C to B to D back to A. And it's yeah, this whole, 
think this whole concept of a sort of linear journey that automation sort of guides people through is, you know, I think another sort of fallacy that we probably just need to was uh, click our heels together three times and, uh, <laughs> and wake up from. That's a really good point of that customers. And the fact that the idea is that this cohort of customers will all behave in exactly the same way. If they're this type of customer, they will all do this journey. And actually, that's a load of nonsense. All you have to do is go into a regular shop and notice that people don't all do the same thing. If you go into a supermarket, people don't all do vegetables first, meat second, dairy third. Nope. Some people start at deodorant. It's, you know, it's not it's not good enough to say, oh, let's bunk you all into a box and say you're all going to behave like this. Yeah, actually, that's a really good that's a really good point, actually, because, you know, next time, next next time, yeah, anyone goes, anyone goes shopping. Yeah. So my local Sainsbury's have put this, um, this sort of one way system around the around the supermarket. So, yeah, that's actually customer journey and practice where they want you to go. Now, have a look at how many people actually follow that one-way system how many people double back because they've forgotten something it's um yeah you can actually see this stuff um play out in front of you mm. right now yep. absolutely and it happens even more with automation because in a in the supermarket there could be a member of staff saying oh no please would you mind going over there don't come this way but in automation you don't get that there's clever though computers are and you might be able to code them to say no you can't do this you've got to do that but that might really piss your audience off because they're going i don't want to do that bugger off i'm going over there thank you very much and if they can't they won't go oh i'll just go back to where i could go in the right direction they'll just leave switching off is a really big thing that customers can do mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and again it, it just comes back to to try i mean i suppose part of it is if, if you've got some more sophisticated technology there to help observe better so if you're like the person behind the double uh double, double mirror screen whatever in the supermarket sitting there taking notes and watching everybody who not going not obeying your your real one-way system and, and they're thinking oh what can we do here can we can we model this it's like those models you know where they have those models of the police of like a riot or or a demonstration when it gets out of hand and they show all these little dots of people running around they like you're trying to do there's an awful lot of you know even like anthropological understanding of what well how do humans behave why do they do this and i suppose so often we're sort of catering for this kind of this central and the standard deviation the big hump in the middle aren't we we're trying to focus on what are we trying to get most people to do but 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 people are chaotic and won't do as you say they won't follow this this lovely path all the time um mm. but i suppose part of it is if you can get if you can utilize the setup to understand more about how chaotic are they? We given my products, given this audience, are, are are they really, really like all over the place? And therefore, the website needs to cater for have, giving them access to you know everything at once, or or, or can I place certain things? Like typically, I mean, where most people start with marketing automation is the welcome journey, isn't it? But three welcome emails seems to be the, the key way. So we're assuming they're going to read them all. We're assuming we're sending them at the right sort of you know kind of uh, separation between e each email as well and we think this is the right platform but perhaps we need to cover more bases but again we, we kind of need the data don't we we kind of need to understand where they are what they're doing as best we can but also like you said very early on Dave it's like the whole you know you can obsess about trying to make sure that everything is just perfect that you're capturing almost everybody in in, in, a, in a perfect world almost because you again perhaps there's a bit of a fantasy this idea that you know because you've got this now you can monitor everyone and everything that happens. Therefore, 
you can almost you can almost have a contingency for for everything and it'll end in a happy happy ending at the end of the fairy tale but perhaps that's a bit of a problem we have as well when we particularly when we're starting starting out on this maybe we're thinking it can do more than than it can i don't know maybe that's unfair but i think <laughs> it, it, it's it's the start of it's the start of the journey really you know if you view it if you view it in that sense of a you know we're going we're going to be starting from this um from from this particular point you know and over time we will you know we'll continually improve we'll make things a little bit better over um over time you know you will make more traction in a year than you would if you spent a year trying to get everything absolutely perfect before you even hit go yeah do you yeah. think if we're automating things that you do actually need to look at your analytics more often and more carefully because it can be very tempting if you're doing it without automation to think oh well i'll look at the analytics at the end of the of the program i've done just at the end whereas actually if you're doing automation which is doing nurturing activities and keeping people coming and going and as you say putting dynamic data dynamic content in there do you think it's important to watch more carefully what the results are more regularly absolutely yeah it's something i've seen sort of play out quite quite often is yeah and it's probably an outcome actually of um of the view that marketing automation equals i can do more with less people and and less and less cost so you know you get these you, you get these sort of automated processes that are that are set up so you know, let's take the example of the welcome program yeah that's 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 quite a nice one to um to, to explore so yeah someone will set that up when um when everything was um, everything was first um, was first put together, and then yeah, it won't get looked at until um, until someone spots for well, why are we referencing that particular article because that's really out of that's really out of date now. So you know, there's, there's an element of you know just because you've set something up, yeah, even if it's just a once a week, have a quick um, just have a quick dive in, yeah, see how things are. You see how things are performing you know, are we trending up or down in terms of whatever the particular objective of, of that is but yeah everything that is automated you know, should have a objective and yeah there should be some way of measuring against that but yeah it's really really important to keep an eye on this and not just let things sort of run away yeah because you're actually affecting a lot of people particularly if your nurturing systems can get people can disappear down rabbit holes and you either lose them or they get lost and think ah, i don't know how to get back or i'm going to be in this computer system forever and and i think you do need to make sure that you're actually guiding them in the right direction yeah 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 i think we've all been sort of lost in yeah customer service systems in mm -hmm. enough times to know that that's not a good place for uh, I mean, the, the worst example is when you disappear down a, a, a this is very old-fashioned now i know but i might even remotely phone somebody and it says you know press two if you want to speak to so and so and then you have to press six and then star star and then one and by that time i've thought a this is costing me a lot of money on my phone and b none of these are the right answer but i can't go backwards and i need to get there so it's you know you need to find a point where you recognize and probably test with somebody and do some customer customer research to see whether this is actually how people want to be dealt with don't just assume that it's all better for you that it's necessarily better for your audience 
you see that that that's also quite interesting because you know, a lot of the thinking around that whole sort of telephony sort of routing has actually sort of bled itself into chatbots. Oh right. Yeah, and the amount of time I have um, I have been sort of typing in capital letters to a chatbot going, I just want to talk to a human, please. <laughs> I know you can't help can't can't help me. So yeah, I think there's a real um, there's there's a real sort of pause for thought there in terms of you know when when leveraging some of these really, really interesting, interesting pieces, you know, are you doing what's right for the customer? or easy for you yeah yeah we we discussed that i don't know whether it was hugo pickering or someone else a while ago but we sort of said almost again then there's a there's a subtle tweak you could make there if we did have our we'll go back to our handbags our cotswold handbags website and we put in a chat bot as you say dave you're just trying to get in touch because you want to speak to somebody because you've got a very particular i don't know uh, whether it's a complaint or, or or a request or something like you want to get a bespoke bag made for your sister-in-law or something like that whatever it might be you know you you, you have something very particular until you want to talk to a human being. A, you should have a very clear understanding of where you can talk to a human being on the website first off, so you hopefully don't fall into the chatbot trap. But if you do, then uh, I think it's somebody, it was an example where they said, well, we use chatbots, but only for very specific purposes, which we make very clear. So we sort of say the, the parameters again, because again, chatbots can be stupid, the parameter, or they just have dead ends. It's like the parameters of this chatbot are that it can help you find the page you're looking for on the website here. It can help you find the contact details, or it can help you find a particular product, whatever it might be. It's like, you can do three or four things, but we've been very clear. It's not a human being. This could have been James Holden we were talking to about websites maybe, but it's not a human being. It will do these things. If you need it to do something else, and again, like maybe the option is, I know I just want to talk to a human being you go through and talk to a human being, it may very well be that then 99 times out of 100, everyone short circuits that chat button and says, no, I just want to talk to someone. And they do. But then again, you know what your customers want, don't you? And, and it might be something that you're taking lots of phone calls and everyone's saying, I can't find this page or I don't know, what, what's your latest promo code, whatever it might be. And you say, ah, well, marketing automation wise, maybe we should drop that in as a footer for all our emails, reminding everyone this is what they do here because they keep talking to us and taking up our time uh, with the call centre, but maybe this could help. But not doing it that way around, sort of finessing it that, that way rather than the other way of saying, oh, well, the, you know, the chatbot's a panacea and it will do everything for us that we could possibly want with our customers because we think it will work. But is it also that sort of subtlety of thinking, isn't it? And, and trying to set parameters, expectations, manage expectations of your customers, I suppose, as well. And actually sort of more fund fundamentally, you know, having marketing, sales and service actually all talking to each other and you know using you using all this great uh, great capability together yeah so would you say that marketing automation is something that really the sales team and the marketing team and probably the operations team all have to have knowledge and understanding of what it's doing and when because it can in some companies particularly bigger corporations probably i bet it's just something that marketing does it's nothing to do with anybody else just marketing and that's one of those really dangerous silo situations again yeah and it's i think it does nothing for the often combative relationship between marketing and sales in particular but you know via the dominance of the conversation and or budget yeah. So yeah, I think it's a it's it's definitely a case of you know it can be a great enabler in aligning us all in that 
sort of common com common purpose. You know, are we um, are we increasing the volume of inquiries? Are we increasing the volume of, of opportunities? Are they the right opportunities? Are sales doing what they need to do to um, to, to close them? What support do they um, do they need? What support do, do marketing need from, from from sales to craft that craft that narrative? And yeah, this marketing marketing automation it, it, it's a bit of a misnomer in itself. You know, let's just call it let's just call it automation. And um, yeah. It's the digital equivalent of that water cooler where yeah, we can all come together, discuss a sort of common goal and purpose. And yeah, if we're all looking at the same data at the same at, at the same time and having constructive conversations about yeah, those those sort of key questions that I talked about I talked about earlier, then um, but yeah, far more value will be um, will, will be realized and um, yeah, and it will become far, far easier disparate parties to actually work together that's a really really good point to draw together so that it, it, the other thing that i suspect happens in some places is that um the sales team don't actually know what automation is happening they nobody tells them nobody says this is what the milk and message is so they probably bump into customers that have actually got quite a close relationship digitally with the system but they've never met a salesperson and the salesperson has no idea what they've been introduced to told about so you can run the risk of kind of really making the not the, the human the customer having a really mixed message about this you know well the system told me this and now this salesperson i'm meeting is saying something completely different yeah and you know from the customer's point of view it's a well i've filled out this form on your website I've found this. I've looked at. I've looked at. Looked at that. Don't care if you're in sales or not. You know, I'm interacting with your organisation. Why don't you know? Yeah, what, that's exactly what, right. what I've been doing and what I've been telling you. Yeah. Oh, and why are you asking me again? Yeah, yeah it can be a really bad, bad relationship, can't in that way. But I, I was thinking, sort of coming to our kind of, uh, I suppose, final section here. I, I was going to ask you about. Um, uh, when well, you know what the sort of current trends are that you're seeing in market automation, but I think sort of combining with your last point as well around you know when it, are there any sort of particular snippets sort of vignettes of, of when it when it's gone well when when you know sort of marketing automation is clearly sort of you know it's it's been around for a little while it's it's being used a lot what, do we see any sort of particular trends in it but but also any sort of exa smaller examples as I suppose not giving away trade secrets of uh, your, your uh, people you work with, but any sort of examples of where you've sort of seen it work well, even a part of it sort of worked particularly well. Clearly, we sort of know the building blocks that you've already described about where, you know, what you need in place for it to work well, but anything that you've uh, you sort of observed will be quite interesting. Yeah, so one thing which I've started to see, Martin, so we, you know, I've talked to you about it sort of this stuff you know, the danger of it sort of being in the domain of, of technical people. So yeah, one really, really positive thing is as these tools have gotten easier to use and easier to um to actually actually um to actually you know get useful stuff out, out of, you know, there's this sort of bleeding out now where um you know, you're more I'll use the term 
you know, might sound slightly derogatory, but yeah, your traditional marketers who might never have touched this stuff with a barge pole, it's now sort of accessible and um, yeah, and, and and usable with those with those people, and even you know, sales salespeople and just completely sort of non-technical or non-technical folk are able to you know ingest this stuff and understand what's um, what what what's happening. So actually. In more and more instances, I'm seeing sort of broader business engaging with this stuff, you know, far more constructively than um, than sort of, you know, what I was seeing you know, just a few years ago, actually. And where, yeah, particular example where I've seen this seen this stuff work really, really well is actually in the, in the context of a marketing campaign where. Yeah, marketing are able to, uh, yeah, along with um, along with sales and the rest of the business, you know, clearly articulate goals and goals and objectives. Use the platform to effectively deliver through those um, through those channels. Be that online or offline. You know, really important thing to remember because sometimes. Yeah, a lot of these automation platforms can lead you down the path of digital only all too all, all too easily and then using that um using that engagement data to go well actually you know we've got five or ten individuals who are um who are actively engaging their the right sort of fit and almost handing them over to handing them over to sales but within the context of marketing and sales actually sitting down on a weekly basis, looking at that information and working through, okay, do these look right to you? Mm. Or do we need to refine sort of what we mean by um, by our, our target audience or, um, or, or best fit? Yeah. Because where this stuff can fall apart is where marketing are throwing over leads and sales are going, well, these are crap. I'm just going to stop paying <laughs> attention. It's exactly it. This is exactly one of the first things when people I, I set up campaigns for people um, and, and lead generate to quite a lot of lead generation campaigns. And the first things they might say is, well, what else do you need? What else can we give you? What do you need from us? I said, the first things I say is, well, I'm going to set this up and set this running. So I need to know if this is right. I, I you know, I, I can only go so far. You know your audience best, but particularly the, the salesperson or the BD person, whatever you want to call it, the person who's working closely with the audience. They know who they want. They know who they need to be engaging with. And particularly in my main sector you know of education professional services it's quite a complex b2b sort of selling process all the time and therefore you know you, you you don't you can't have all of that understanding of exactly who they need and the first thing is like well, i need to know what good looks like and i need to know I, i've got this view but this persona we've agreed which is great but is, you know and i can also give you information on are they actively engaging yes they're engaging with these emails brilliant but there's someone who something i've written, written a lot about quite recently actually about somebody who's very interested in an educational area but they're never going to buy your product and actually come and spend any money with you. They're never going to come and actually do anything with you, but they're really interested in the content. So it's like, well, great. I, I don't mind having them as long as I know who they are and that they're not someone who's going to be a sales ready lead. So I need to know what a sales ready lead looks like. I need to have that regular contact with the person who's actually trying to close the sales to know if I'm, am I getting it right or not? But again, that's, that's, that's a, a human feedback, isn't it? Using the same data, as you've said as well, you've got, you've yeah. got a, sort of equality of data and, and transparency of data and the process, but is it working? Is it working for you? Uh, Cause I can just carry on doing this all day if you want me to, and I can give you 150 leads, but 
But if they're all wrong, or they're all right, that they're, they're the right sort of interested party, but they're not a converter, they're not somebody who's going to do anything, bottom line again, it's not going to work, is it? So that that handshake, can you say handshake in these days? Are we allowed to? So that, that virtual handshake of being able to understand, is it right or not? Are we on the right track? As you say, so important, isn't it? That's for funda- that's, that's for fundamental glue that equals success with this. It's, you know, human conversation and sort of go, what do we do with these? What is our, what is our next step? You know, do we, um, do we continue to engage with marketing or is a one-to-one follow-up now, well, now, now most, most appropriate? Yeah. In this sort of data-driven dystopian world that we now seem to um, <laughs> seem, seem, seem to live in you know it's probably not the the trendiest thing to, to to say but you know pick up the phone and have a conversation with the people yeah. you're actually working with on on, on this but yeah. yeah a focused conversation around you know, particular discrete campaign it's it's manageable people can um, people can zero in on that i understand that particular piece and trying to go big bang broad aren't, aren't all these people going to flood in from everywhere isn't it all going to be absolutely brilliant it, it's just it, it's unmanageable unwieldy and yeah, yeah. Just, just leads to disenfranchised people across the organization yeah that's a really good point there's, there's there is too, this concept of too much and actually automation is terrific but you're absolutely right that human connection is actually what the the place where you're going to get the conversion. That's what's going to happen. And if the automation can do lovely lots of nurturing and, you know, you can reach out to people again if they seem to have left. But actually, you're absolutely right. Reaching out for that one phone call at the end of the game where someone goes, oh, yeah, that sounds terrific. Now explain it like that is the moment, isn't it? That's kind of the nymph. That's the thing that you're heading for. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on what horizontal or vertical you're operating, operating it, yeah, you can... Either, either you'll sort of lean more towards let's get people in front of a, um, a, a human being because that is how we will best close. Or, you, or yeah, if you, ha- if, you, if you do have a sort of purely digital pro- proposition where it's more appropriate, then, then yeah, that's equally, that's equally fine. Yeah, there's, no, there's no sort of textbook answer to this that works for absolutely ev- everyone. But, yeah. So yeah, again, it's back to our fundamental point, isn't it? You know, know your customer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just wondering if it's to because um, we're coming to the end of our time, but just to wrap up with a, a final uh, quick question, which was around because uh, we because Sally did a, a brilliant um, uh, mini meander, as we call it, around the DIY do it yourself uh, process of this, because we, we realize that a lot of our I think our listeners are, you know, either they're marketers themselves or they're we just did a one the other day about being the only marketer in the company. And then other people who are small business owners, as who I, I that you work with as well, don't you, Dave? And there's that sort of temptation to DIY a market automation. <laughs> so a lot of what we talked about has been larger organisations and multiple teams and bringing consultants in all this sort of business. But are there sort of um, what are the main the main things to bear in mind if you are trying to do a DIY on this? Is it sort of a, a good idea, a, a bad idea, or you just want to try it? You know, what what are your sort of feelings on that? I think from way. The way the market has matured around automation tools, you know, I've come across quite a few um, yeah, people who've sort of gone it, gone and, and done it for themselves, have actually have actually made you know some really, really good, um, really, really good progress. Yeah, you know, I'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm actually you know quite quite amazed now with sort of you know, at how easy it is for um, you know, a small business owner to set up a nurture campaign you know, to set up an email to schedule social social activity yeah and even in some cases you know pull together um, you know some online chat and other and other bits and pieces yeah it's it's certainly all there and all possible but what I've often found is that while it's possible progress is often you know a little bit slower just just because you know there's so many other different things going on in the um, in, in the day, so yeah, managing that sort of marketing uh, marketing automation piece, yeah, is it, it's another thing to manage. And you know, when we talked about you know, spending more time actually looking and reviewing the analytics and, and, and journeys, yeah, it can it, it can take some time just to get to grips with everything and actually sort of understand what's really possible. Well, what could we do with with, with this? Yeah, and that's very often the situations where I've seen, you know, where I mentioned earlier about you know, people buying this um, this technology and then just sending emails through it because that's bit of you know you steer towards the areas where you know, you sort of know and maybe maybe feel a little more um, a little more com- comfortable, and then um, yeah, over over time yeah, there is a bit of a danger to set up lots of different processes and lots of things going on but then um but then just never have the time to tread back over and you know look at that optimization piece and yeah no, nothing gets worse but nothing particularly gets better either so it's sort of yeah the business owners i've spoken to are often sort of in this stage of i've, I've got this really powerful stuff and, and i just i just know I just know I could be doing more with that, but I just don't know where. So there's, you know, there's this inevitable sort of wall that um, that many people sort of come up against. So yeah, it's definitely it, it's definitely possible. At least having yeah, just a friendly guide or somebody who somebody who sort of knows um, what can be achieved. You know, even even if you then take that on and you know, continue to do it yourself. Yeah. You know, just understanding what is possible. So is, is the biggest barrier. Yeah. Brilliant. No, it's very sensible words of, well, it's all been very sensible uh, words of, 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 of advice and clarity, which I think is, is wonderful. And I've, thank you very much, Dave. I found it really, really interesting, uh, this, this, this topic, because it's just, again, the art of the possible and, the, and then actually the kind of the, the cold shower of reality at the beginning as well. I think there's some, uh, some really good, yeah. way and computers being stupid there's like three things i've got <laughs> in my in my head from this which i hope uh, the listeners have got as well because it's just it's that sort of yeah like we said right at the top it's either something which is quite exciting and interesting for people or it's more of a mm, well i don't know if that's gonna you know do very much for us who knows but there are that again it's that navigation is it? it's the holding hand to understand what it is you you can can or, or can't achieve as well in that and i know it's what what you obviously do do for people and, and within in organisations, and I mean, one point I was going to say is how can people uh, find you online in terms of you know seeing what you're talking about, where you're moving around, are you sort of active on uh, areas where they can, if, as long as they're not a not a not a bro, a marketing bro, then they, they can. <laughs> yes, you'll 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 see no um, lead generation twaddle from me. I can. Uh, that, that's my that's my brand guarantee. Uh, <laughs> I can usually be found sort of skulking around LinkedIn, um, yeah, t- 
Twitter, if you want a bit more, uh, a bit more color, that's just me kicking off at the news more often than um, more, often, more often than not. So yeah, depending what flavor of um, Dave Hayward you want, they're the, they're the two best places to um, to come and find me. Fantastic. Well, that's just great. That everyone can answer. I'm just going to spell Dave Hayward's name. The Dave bit, that's really simple, but the Hayward bit is where you could go wrong. It's H-E-Y-W-O-O-D. There you go. You nearly fell at that hurdle yourself. <laughs> it, uh, just a perfect example of rubbish. <laughs> Lordy, so, sorry. This does happen. This does happen. But uh, no, brilliant. Well, absolutely. You look, look Dave up, and uh, you know you'll, you'll find him as yet. Definitely on LinkedIn, and more information about what he does. And uh, well, thank you very much, Dave. I mean, I think we're we're going to be hopefully talking to you again on some some other related subjects, and particularly digital marketing, or as I like to call it, marketing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> there's uh, all, all the all those bits we we'll talk about in the future. But uh, thank you for your time today. I found it really interesting, and uh, and I hope others have as well. Yeah, inspiring. Thank you very, very much. Thanks very much. Bye, everyone. Bye for now. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation again there with Dave. And, and many thanks again for his insights. And uh, Dave will be returning to the podcast in the coming months to talk through uh, other aspects of uh, marketing alignment, particularly with digital um, strategy. So we look forward to that. Um, and we've had some lovely feedback this week from our, our listeners uh, about recent podcasts, um, in, in particular uh, being the only marketer in the organisation, which I think sort of... Uh, uh, really connected with people, should we say, and uh, something people really identified with, whether they were in fact the only marketer in the organisation or perhaps the only marketer in a team or just in general. They were just marketers who had similar um, experiences and uh, challenges, which, which hopefully the podcast and our community were trying to build around the podcast uh, appreciate and, and can help with and uh, we we really are looking to do uh, more of these sorts of uh, podcasts so um, uh, we're going to be recording one on um, building a marketing team and then how your team can align uh, most effectively with, with other teams across the business that seems to be a really big um, area at the moment I mean we did a poll recently um, and uh, we'll have the full results coming to you soon we'll discuss it on a, on a podcast um, but it seems as if that that alignment is, is really important and the, the real sort of down-to-earth um, issues that people encounter and also some opportunities they can perhaps exploit so uh, we'll be doing more about that um, and if you're feeling inspired um, by, by any of this then, then we'd love to hear from you really I mean as you know the podcast really tries to look at the pressing issues that you're dealing with um, and what we'd like to do is offer even more you know, very practical advice um, a, a, a listening empathetic ear certainly to to what's going on but also just as I say some practical advice on how you can actually look to improve things um, and also some good news stories we're really keen to hear some of your good news stories if you want to share with us then we'd really like to um, you know evangelize the community about these positive and constructive marketing stories um, uh, but whilst we're very much keeping our feet firmly rooted to the ground um, and looking to uh, to share the, the real I'd say, I'd say real life stories but you know the, the true stories the true on the ground um, experience of being a marketer in, in 2021 uh, rather than offering more of a sort of a, the ideal lens uh, uh, the glitzy marketing conference presentation where everything seems just dandy and in, in glorious isolation in a sort of a, a sealed hermetically sealed environment where the marketing processes and strategies just beautifully flow along as you know, we like to explore really from from all the angles of marketing, from you know this the personalities, the human side, um, to your everyday, um, how you feel motivated, and your team works together, uh, right the way up to the you know the political, um, organisational, uh, 
um, planning area. So really, the sort of the, the political, the operational, uh, the strategy, and, and the tactical implementation of our marketing. We try to look at it from all those angles, and we'd love to explore it more with you. So please do not feel shy. Please do contact us uh, on Twitter, which is at MeandersPod, or you can find us on Facebook. Just look up Marketing Meanders, or email us MeandersPod at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear some of your your good news stories. We'd love to hear some of your gripes. We'd love to hear some of your uh, funny stories. We'd love to just hear from you about any of those areas, and in particular, if, if a podcast sort of reaches out to you and it makes you think, "Gosh, yes, I, I've had something similar happen to me," or actually, "Gosh, maybe we've got a complete blank uh, here. Maybe we're we're really missing a huge open goal around um, uh, you know a, a real issue that's that's playing out in your lives and your marketing experience right now that we are just not." Uh, tapping into and if we can talk about it and we can get in some some guest contributors um, some specialists who can help you then that's what we're here to do we really want to sort of help our audience to make their marketing lives better so um yep yeah, hope you enjoyed that again today sorry for the long uh, spiel at the end there but uh we hope uh, it was also useful and uh, take care everyone we'll see you again soon bye for now <laughs>